You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, this is Chris from the All Creatures Podcast. Just doing a quick intro for this roundtable discussion we had with Corbin Maxey, who has been a great friend to the podcast from our very early days. And we've done some previous roundtables with Corbin before, and they're just so much fun uh, to bring in a special guest and for the three of us just to kind of sit around and, and chew on a topic. And so we've been meaning to do one with Corbin. And, and right now, you know, since we're all at home, it, it was a perfect time for us to talk about this crazy documentary that is trending here in the United States and I think around the world, and it's called Tiger King. And if you don't know what that is, it's, you could just do a quick Google search and there's a million stories about it, uh, but really kind of follows this so-called quote-unquote zoo in Oklahoma owned by this pretty f- funny character. You know, We'll talk more about him in the podcast a little bit, Joe Exotic. And at one time, I believe he owned over 230 tigers uh, on this so-called zoo. And so it, it's really got a lot of conversations going with not only zoos, accredited zoos, reputable zoos, but also animal sanctuaries here in the United States, which I know, you know, are prevalent around the world. So we spend a good, oh, geez, hour and a half with Corbin. Uh, talking a lot about this. We do talk a little bit about the human interest side of it and have some some fun with that, but really focused on the animal's perspective. And, you know, that's the the lens Angie and I and Corbin all kind of looked at it and how these animals were cared for and the laws here in the United States and maybe in your country too, you know, where people own large cats like tigers as pets. And we talk about the ethics of that and how these animals are cared for. So a, a very in-depth discussion, heated at times, and it just uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think we could have kept going for a couple hours, to be honest, uh, talking about this this particular issue. So hopefully you really enjoy it. And just a couple notes before you do. Realize tigers in the wild are suffering horribly. There is less than 4,000, they think anywhere from two to 3,000 adult tigers in the wild. And you're talking from Indonesia all the way up to Siberia because there are six subspecies of tigers. And we talk a little bit about that, tiger conservation. And there are more tigers in the United States 
held as pets or at these private zoos than there are in the wild. There are more tigers held privately in China than there are in the wild. So, you know, we, we, we kind of t- touch upon some of that too and really hope you enjoy it. One announcement I want to make is this Thursday we'll be releasing an interview, which is a nice comparison to this so-called zoo uh, in, shown in this documentary, Tiger King. And that's with Angie's own husband, John. And we talk a lot about accreditation, what that means here in the United States of zoos. And we also talk about accreditation of international zoos. As many listeners have emailed us asking, you know, what's a good zoo? So we, we kind of touch upon that too uh, with John on Thursday. So look for that. It, it, it's a great comparison to what went on in this documentary on, you know, accredited zoos. And even Corbin talks about some that aren't accredited that do take really good care of their animals. I will also say if you want to know about a good, solid sanctuary for tigers, in our episode 92, we interviewed Katie Cannon from Carolina Tiger Rescue And you can listen to that interview to find out what a real sanctuary is and what that means. And I I think that will give you some some good perspective. And then just always make sure to to follow, you know, Corbin's podcast, Animals to the Max. And then also follow Corbin on social media. He has a TikTok video that's got over 5 million views. He's he's a superstar. Follow him on Facebook, follow his podcast, and follow him on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Just a, a wonderful friend and an amazing wildlife educator. And his podcast does a lot to bring in a different perspective, wonderful interviews. So I highly suggest you you listen to him. And hopefully you enjoy this podcast, and we'll be back next week. Hey, Corbin. Hey, Corbin. How are you? Good to be back. I, I, you guys, I'm not going to lie. I'm not blowing smoke. Our roundtable discussions are probably some of my favorite episodes on the show. I know we've been we've been dying to do another one with you. We just get so busy, and but now we have all the time in the world. So, <laughs> right, yes. And you reached out to me about this tabletop discussion. At first, I was like, "Well, I don't know if I'll have time." And then I watched all episodes of The Tiger King in like two days. So <laughs> I made time. It went by very quickly. Let's just uh, say that. So I'm glad that you reached out. These these discussions are always. Amazing. So yeah, hopefully yes. everybody will have a good time. Yeah. And I have to say, I know I, when I first, you know, saw Tiger King, I immediately, you know, messaged Chris on Instagram. I was like, we have to do a round table about this because it's one of those things. It's taken the nation by storm. It was like number one trending in Netflix. It is insane. And so I'm so happy you guys agreed. Um, I know we have a lot of the same, you know, fan base, but for those of us, for those of my listeners who aren't familiar with the All Creatures podcast, by the way, one of my favorite animal podcasts, I, Absolutely love it. Please subscribe to their show. Um, but please tell us just a little bit about the show and maybe yourselves and why you two are qualified to talk about the Tiger King. <laughs> well, I think, you know, Angie and I both have our PhDs in animal physiology, behavior, and welfare. Welfare, yeah. And so we, you know, a couple years ago came together and, and decided to start the show because we're really concerned with what's going on around the planet with endangered species. So, you know, the premise of the show is we generally cover an endangered species a week and then we try to, to speckle in some interviews with experts like we've had Corbin on a, a multiple times and uh, science researchers from around the world. So, yeah, yeah. We, and we've been throughout the two years too. We've been able to talk to a lot of tiger experts, mm-hmm. and so definitely a big disclaimer for this 
uh, evening's pod is some of it's going to be factual. Uh, probably a little bit's going to be sprinkled with opinions. And I'm more of an expert working in an accredited zoological park because that's how I got my start years ago before I went into grad school. So I have an interesting uh, ability to understand more the in-depth protocols and procedures that go on behind the scenes in your accredited zoos. Uh, but I've learned a lot of, along the way about sanctuaries. And I've interviewed um, Katie Cannon from Carolina Tiger Rescue, who is an expert in sanctuaries, and this is an accredited facility. And I was just re-listening to that podcast um, in preparation for this, and it's excellent. She just breaks it all down. So mm-hmm. that'll be a good one that we'll need to, to share with people. But I uh, definitely am not an expert in uh, private breeders, and I'm also not an expert in tigers. That's more of my husband's. I always worked with hoof, hooves and horns, <laughs> but throughout doing this pod, Chris, <laughs> Chris and I have covered a lot of a lot of uh, wildcats, and and like I said, I've interviewed I interviewed um, Dr. Sunarto out in Indonesia about oh. Sumatran tigers and his research for World Wildlife Fund, and hearing what it's like to be a tiger conservationist out in the field, and really hearing how 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 much trouble they are in the wild and uh so so yes that's uh i don't know if tiger experts the word but uh i definitely became an expert on this tiger king documentary really <laughs> and you know what? i had my no i had i was like such a dork and i know chris is the same i had yeah. my laptop off like, oh my goodness okay let me type that down i'll look that up later <laughs> oh my goodness Oh, Chris is showing me his notes right now. Yeah. So what? Chris and I are researchers by yeah. heart, by trade. And so we, of course, went down a couple rabbit holes about what is, you know, what is really going on here. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to share some insights. And just really quick, uh, our, our tigers, we covered it actually in two episodes because we covered so much. So episode 83 and 85, uh, Sonarto's interviews, episode 85. Or 84, sorry. And then episode 92 was Katie Cannon. So you know, we've, we've had four episodes devoted just to tigers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and Angie and I, just really quick, want to say this too. You know, we, we've had an animal ag background as well with domestic livestock. And I've seen some animals abused, um, held in, in terrible conditions, mainly horses. And that's not the norm in animal ag. Like, we've gone out. I've seen multiple farms. Uh, doing research and also some behavior studies. Most, I just want to say this in the United States, most animals and animal agriculture are, are very well taken care of because that's the farmer's bottom line. These horrific videos you see every now and then, it's, it's an oddity or it's from outside the country. But with that being said, when you look at how these tigers are housed, I was horrified, horrified. And I think we're not coming from an animal rights perspective at all because that's not what we talk about angie and i are big in animal conservation this is an animal welfare issue huge huge animal welfare issue and i think that's what we're going to talk a lot about today i think so and it's so controversial and i actually put a video out on igtv i was so nervous because it's like when you put this stuff out in the world you just there's so many touchy topics and it seems like everybody and their mom has an opinion which everyone is entitled to their opinions you know we're going to be we're going to be sharing our opinions but you know, I just felt like we need we need I, we need to expand and talk about some things because you know a lot of people are questioning the ethics of zoos and I mean sure, you know sure. anti captivity and, and oh go ahead. Well, no, I just think uh, opinions uh, like my father used to say are 
you know what, everybody's got one. <laughs> so they're, they're, everybody's got one and they can be a pain. But mm-hmm. I like to approach it from, if I can't, if there's no evidence behind it, there's no research behind it, which some of the stuff there is, and we'll talk about that today. Uh, I at least like the opinion to be informed and perhaps open-minded. And so maybe when people listen to this interview, if they were on one side or the other, uh, perhaps they'll at least have some more facts or a little bit more informed opinions to to be open about uh, perhaps making changes. Because in the end, I think everybody wants there to be tigers in the wild, right? Everybody mm-hmm. likes tigers, even if we fear them because they're so powerful and uh, maybe they make you fearful. But at, at most people want them to live in the wild. And so I think that that's what we're going to be talking about today is some issues with what's going on with that. And then when they are under human care, rather they're in a zoo, a sanctuary under private ownership, what does that mean? And mm-hmm. looking at knowing what I know about zoos, I've known forever is not all zoos are made the same. And then throughout the past couple of years, I've uh, been educated a lot about the not two sanctuaries are the same. And Perhaps much to some people's dismay, I I will also say that not all private ownership is the same. Mm -hmm. And with private ownership, you have breeders and then you have people that just have tigers as pets. So making sweeping generalized assumption that all zoos are bad or all sanctuaries are amazing or Mm -hmm. whatever is, I I think, is a fallacy. And uh, and so the best way or one of my goals today is to at least help put some some education out there uh, to give listeners who aren't as familiar with uh, the tiger crisis, both in the United States and then, of course, in Asia, uh, what's happening here. So they can make okay. more informed decisions. Uh, so there's, there's, a, there's a lot to talk about today. Yes. It, oh, go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, should we just start with yeah. how tigers are doing in the wild? I mean... Well, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Really quick, though, for those of you living, living underneath a rock, if someone's tuning in like, Tiger King, wait, what in the... Yeah, God yes. in God's name are they talking about? Basically, a brief synopsis, and please, you know, join in. It's basically Netflix focuses on one man. I kind of made the joke, Joe Dirt, not really. His name's... Mm. Thank you. Did I get a laugh? Yeah. Joe Exotic. It's this guy. He basically has a roadside zoo in Oklahoma. He has a lot of exotic animals. Calls himself the Tiger King, and it focuses on his operation and his conflicts with a with the Big Cat Rescue down in Florida. And there's a lot of twists and turns, and it is... If you haven't seen it, I mean, it's a nail-biter. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah, well, I think that's also... It's also true with a lot of those documentaries to be... To know and I don't want to say watch it with a grain of salt because I think especially the last like 30 seconds is my favorite because that's when they pretty much talk about the only time they talk a lot about tiger conservation and what's going on in the wild. But it's 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 drama, right? It's it's uh, there's a lot of um, they're painting a certain picture, which was really easy to paint with these characters on this show because the. Characters is uh, is uh, being mild, and but I think it's something to, to think about too. Is what you know? What was the, the what's the movie's point, and what is it, and what's it trying to do? And I got the feeling. I don't know about your your guys's opinion, but I got the feeling that it the main mission of the movie was probably not necessarily to tell the story about exotic cat ownership in the United States. I think it was more to showcase. Oh. 
the human, human interest story. Yeah, yeah like the, yeah. like the, the the people involved yeah, and yeah. how it gets the way it gets. Uh, because quite frankly, I'm going to be honest. Uh, the director of my old zoo, if that person was interviewed, uh, uh, they'd probably get cut. They would they would be so boring, uh, so boring <laughs> and scientific and on point and put together and have teeth that it would yeah. just be like they'd be cut. Yeah, they would not. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't. They wouldn't make it. And so, because that was one thing I thought was definitely missing is there wasn't really very many other zoo representatives on there. Probably did they try to get them? Did they not? Did they try to talk to anybody that accredits zoos. I don't know that. And uh, so it's just knowing. You know, that's the thing. Anything in life on the internet or Netflix or whatever, you have to kind of uh, yeah. do a little digging yourself. And but was it entertaining? Yes, oh, it yeah, was yeah. very entertaining. And do I, I just want... better about myself after watching it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to say, I just want to say, like when I watched this thing, I saw the human side. I tried to just focus on the animal side because I knew we were doing this podcast. So I was thinking of the tigers the whole time, or the the lions, or the primates they had, the elephant the guy was riding. Oh. I mean, I was looking at that from that perspective in a lens from an animal welfare, animal conservation lens. But yeah, you, you've got, you got sucked in. I mean, it was so good. You're like, okay, next episode, next episode, next episode. Cause you want to see how it ends. But yeah, the drama was real. It was, yeah. it yeah. was, it's just shocking and, to say and, the least. And yeah. I, I'll tell you what, because I deal with, I do work a lot in TV. I am shocked beyond shocked that Joe exotic, that his show concept was not picked up by animal planet. Cause animal planet went through a really weird phase where they had like the mm-hmm. turtle man with no teeth. Like, and I know, um, Joe's, I think, what is it? His, his producer, basically they lost all the footage in that fire, but shocked that no one picked him up because I mean, it, it was so compelling. I mean, as bad yeah. as it was, it was like, Oh man, this is, has reality TV star written. Oh yeah. yeah it's like, it. it's like, you know, bad accents. You cover your eyes, but you kind of have to look to around the corner to see what's going on. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's human. It's human nature. It's our own human instinct, our own animal age Ab- nature, right? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, Chris, can we talk a little yeah. bit about tigers in the wild? Yeah. Because I think, you know, I mean, that's obviously what we, we focus a lot on. And so when we did cover tigers, you know, early last year, I think it was, you know, the question is a, a lot of what Joe said and the other characters they had on this show, uh, especially one specific in the Carolinas, is they're helping tiger conservation. And I, I don't think they, they are in most aspects, and we'll get to that. But you know, when you look at the, the the question, are there more tigers in the U.S. than there are in the wild? And yes, there. Are, I think there are. There are. We don't have hard numbers. I mean, I've, I've got some hard numbers here, but tigers are, are disappearing from the wild. And a couple things. You know, there's truths in this documentary when they talk about what wild is left in Asia, and, and that's a major reason why a lot of tigers are going extinct. Let subspecies. It's not just the species as whole. But you have six subspecies, and they're all in trouble. So if we look at the, the healthiest populations, the Bengal tiger, you know, in India, and there's only 2,500 of them left in the wild, if that. So they're endangered. Then you go to the Sumatran tiger. That's the next healthiest population, and there's only 1,000 left. And this is where palm oil, you know, a lot of this uh, exploitation of Sumatra and that part of the world. And I think that's where Sonarto was doing a lot of his research. 
you know, what, I mean, how many days does he spend out there with his camera traps? It, it's just, yeah. So when they, they set camera traps to try to get accurate counts and yeah. locations of Sumatran tigers, uh, him and his crew will, uh, usually hike in for seven to 14 days just to get to into the jungle, just to get to one trap. Wow. And then they, then they have to hike out. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's not for the faint hearted <laughs> for yeah. sure. Uh, but once, but the information that uh, this is through World Wildlife Fund, the information that they're gathering is very critical to understand where the cats are and how many there are and what their behavior is. So uh, that's what the team does. That's what the tiger expert team does yeah. in Sumatra. It's incredible. It's breathtaking, and uh, they're they're conservation heroes for sure. Yeah, yeah, and they're critically endangered. There's only a thousand of them left, and they're decreasing. Then you, you go to the Siberian tiger or Mur tiger. Uh, there's only 540 of them left. They're in, they're endangered because their population's stable, maybe growing a little bit. Indo-Chinese tiger, 250 left. Mm-hmm. So that's Southeast Asia. Malayan tiger, 120 left max. They're critically endangered. And then the South China tiger is probably extinct. Hasn't been sighted in 25 years. So when you talk tigers in the wild, it, it's bad. It's extremely bad. But, but, tigers in Oklahoma have <laughs> nothing to do with tigers in Asia. Because no. the bottom line is, any of these animals being raised in the pet trade, and that's what this is, these rescues or, or pets, will never, ever, ever be released in the wild. They They probably will never survive in the wild. They have nothing to do with the physical tigers in the wild. Right. Their genetics are garbage because they've been so inbred or, and there's no data on it. Uh, Uh, White, white tigers are, I mean, that's a whole different topic. And that is a different pop for a different day, but that yes, white tigers just briefly are not like a, a variant of a coat color. Like for instance, how a horse might be Brown or another one might, might be white. No, white tigers basically are the result of crazy inbreeding of a brother. Uh, was it a brother and a sister? They go, back one. To one. One just go back ma- to one. One male. And so it was a, 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 muta- a coat mutation. And so, yes, all of the white tigers that are around have or not all of them, but a, a lot of them have severe health issues. They're cross-eyed. The one of the white tigers yep. they showed. Uh, on yeah. on Tiger King, it was uh, just like, but yeah, I was looking at its nose the whole time, yeah. and so they have a lot of other malformations and um, and uh, abnormalities due to being so inbred, and so uh, white tigers are not, they're not a thing. It's it's mm-hmm. uh, or guess what they are is is bad news for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, do you think, because I don't think a lot of people realize how in trouble tigers are. And I wonder if that is because we have so many roadside zoos like the one in Oklahoma or every zoo, it seems like, you know, we do have tigers and people do keep them as pets. I'm I'm sure that has to be a reason why some people think that they're doing fine in the wild. Maybe, yeah. And I mean, so when I looked at, you know, not just Joe Exotic does, but the other Stuff and Angie's got some great, great points about the big cat rescue in Florida. You know, you look at it from a conservation standpoint. There's no value there as far as the animals are concerned, none whatsoever. They are not conserving the species. They're conserving the species for the pet trade, sure, or for their own private enjoyment, sure. 
but they are not contributing to the conservation of wild tigers at all. The only value that I think they could argue is education and mm-hmm. bringing to light that I, that to me is the only leg they can stand on. Hey, we've had so many visitors per year and we taught them about conservation of tigers in the wild and that makes an impact. But in my opinion, zoos do it a million times better. And, and by zoo, but by zoos, you mean accredited, accredited zoos. zoos, AZA in the United States, other European European has one. Asia has one. Accredited, yeah, Australian Zoo, Auckland Zoo, Laypig Zoo, London Zoo, like all those accredited zoos. But this is so hard. Really, I just want to say because they're great accredited zoos, but they're also Mm -hmm. zoos who aren't accredited that are great. So, for instance, I have good friends at the Pittsburgh Zoo and PPG Aquarium. And because they still want to work free contact with their elephants, they're no longer accredited. But that is a fantastic facility. So there's so many, like, it's not a black or white. You know what I mean? So I, I just want to put that out there because there are good facilities like that that aren't AZA. I know the majority of AZA, though, absolutely um, are definitely yeah, credible. And, and, and Corbett, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not, you know, obviously I, I don't work for a zoo. Uh, I'm a big believer in what zoos do for conservation. Yep. Yep. But – do they breed their tigers or, and we're talking big cats in this podcast and are they part of the SSP, which is a species survival program, you know, where their genetics are controlled. You make sure that these subspecies aren't getting mixed and, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. they put together the right, the most uh, genetically diverse Mm -hmm. pairs to keep the lines not from being inbred. And it's this whole, each, each uh, subspecies of tigers within the accredited zoos species survival plan pretty much has their own matchmaker, their yep. own geneticist. Yep. Like I wish, right. I wish I was a geneticist. I'd actually have a real job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, and so I think that's the thing is that it's it's just so much more rigid. And and I and I will definitely see your point that not not all definitely not all zoos are the same. I think when you are a person in the public. And you definitely want to make sure that you are not supporting, let's say, a roadside zoo or a place that does cub breeding or something like that. I think one of the the easiest things to look at is for it to be the AZA accredited, so the American Associations of Zoos and Aquariums. And that's it's like the golden seal. And we'll, we'll talk about how that comes a little bit more later or I know Chris has an awesome podcast uh, come interview coming up in a couple days. I, I'm a little bit biased, but uh... <laughs> of course you are. And, and I want to, Chris, I do want to give you the thumbs up because I actually have, I've had some people on from the Pittsburgh zoo and PPG aquarium. And one of their curators, Henry was talking about how he was part of, they were working with the SSP regarding their tigers. So okay. I can vouch for them, but Good. Um, Good. yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because no, I think it's definitely yeah, a valid yeah. point. It's not, nothing is perfect, and I, I mean, there's there's flaws in the AZA. Like they are working to improve, and there uh, there's always room for improvement, and there's always special cases, and 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 I think that's where at the end of the day, a lot of it's going to come up to come to the listener to do a little bit of research. Not much digging, is not especially since we all have our handy dandy iPhones or cell phones. It doesn't take much to, to get a little bit of a feel of whether this is a Joe Exotic type facility. And honestly, I mean, Chris and I will probably go back and forth about this a little bit later in the podcast, but I mean, there's a lot worse than Joe out there. Joe's place. There's maybe. a lot worse. Well, I've seen, I've seen one, but yeah, maybe. So 
I, but I, I mean, I'm talking like really small road, you know, roadside yeah. and things like that. So do you, do you guys know, do you know on, I think it's was I-10 in Louisiana. I don't know if it's still there. Tony the Tiger. Have you, have you driven by the gas station no. where it's, no. there's a gas station in the middle. People in the United States that have been down there know what I'm talking about. You pull off and I think that, I don't know if they're still there or not. It's been many years, but there was two tigers in like two little cages right next to the freeway at a gas station. Was in this, Louisiana? Was this Tony? Tony the Tiger? Because be. I think it was like big, you know, free Tony be. the Tiger. Yeah, yeah, that could be that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So I, but I think, but yes, I think the biggest. There point are some is, bad places. There's, yeah, there's uh, there's not all, not all, not all zoos are created eagle for sure. Not all sanctuaries are, and so it's it's uh, it's really fascinating and and. I'm a scientist, so I'm super curious, and I don't know how you guys felt watching the um, the documentary, but I kept saying, like, how is this legal? How is this allowed? Because, I mean, we got, we got as we got to learn some of the characters, we, we saw that there's probably some shady, illegal things going on. But as far as the, the, facility, the facility itself, owning those tigers, being a zoo, all of that, there's nothing illegal about it. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. So, I mean, Joe is a character and a half and had way too many big cats and uh, way too many cats per ex- cage or exhibit. Exactly. I'll give you all that. But technically, that's allowed in Oklahoma, right? Well, so I feel like he, it's a, a lot bigger picture than just Joe. Like, in my opinion, I, he, he, I'm not sticking up for by any, any stretch or imagination, but that's allowed. Yeah. It's legal. Well, it's totally think, legal. You know, so it, the problem, I think, is more at the state and or federal le- level. It's it's federal. Uh, I, I've got all the laws, and we can bore our listeners with the, in <laughs> a second about it. Might be, it might be a different day. I can summarize it. But you know what? I mean, it's, it wasn't well, like, I think, how is that allowed? That's my biggest yeah. question. Well, because there's no laws in Oklahoma with no bans on big cats. So the four states or five states in the United States – Nevada, Oklahoma, Alabama, North Carolina, and Wisconsin have no laws banning, importing, or anything with tigers. You can own big cats in those five states with no laws. Then there's a bunch of six states ban or regulate keeping big cats. 21 states ban all dangerous exotic pets. Uh, they'll allow some with certain permits and 35 states ban keeping big cats as pets with some exemptions like zoos or something like that. Can I just say, and I mentioned this in my IGTV, but when I was 13 years old, I was looking at a reptile classified. I, I love looking at it. It's, it's called kingsnake.com for all, for all of my reptile friends. You'll know it. It's you go to the classifieds. And I remember clicking on other exotics. I remember seeing tigers for sale and they were $500. Yeah, because there's so many. So so many. Accessible. And I just was like, it blew my mind because I think some people just are just, (laughs) I think some people are just shocked at how accessible it is. I mean, to to buy these cats. I was blown away. You know, they're saying you can get a tiger for $2,000. You said 500. It's that just tells me that there are so many tigers out there. And there's definitely more, and I could jump into this because we got the data when we did our, our podcast on it, and the the theory was there's more tigers in Texas than there was in the wild. 
And that came from the Humane Society of the United States, or the Humane Society itself. And when they did the survey, it only came back with 2,000, like 2,400 tigers in the U.S., but most people were hiding how many tigers they had, you know, or didn't admit to having tigers. So, but then they go, you know, then they looked at the data from a, from a standpoint of people injured, like this woman gets her arm ripped off in the show. Like, like this is why roadside zoos are horrendous, you know, no protection. I mean, that can knock on wood that can happen in an accredited zoo, but Ugh, these workers were never trained. He was picking up homeless people, paying yeah. them hundred bucks a week. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was so and many... I want to say it painted a really bad picture of zoos across America, and also painted a bad yeah. picture for keepers because to be a yeah. keeper at an accredited zoo, you have to usually be you have, you have to have some sort of a degree. You have to have two to three years of experience, if not more. It is a coveted position. So to have people who have you know problems with drugs or you know, and mm-hmm. I'm all about having second chances. But if you're a felon. You know what I yeah. mean? Like working with these animals with zero experience, it really painted this awful picture of some yeah. Of, of no, keepers. It, I mean Corbin, you you're so spot on. When I entered uh, the zoo as a zookeeper in a credit facility, this was uh, some years ago, and I think I was. This is for a part time position at with my degree. I had a degree, and this was for a part time position. And at minimum wage, and there were a hundred candidates. Mm-hmm. I well, got the job. Yeah. I got the job. It's because of your sparkly it's, it's only because they had horse skills. They were looking for somebody <laughs> that could like tame their wild ponies they had. Uh, but at any rate, it was my foot no, in the I've door. Been... And it's only gotten, in, in a certain instance, it's only gotten harder to oh, get yeah. in because they really want the, the best qualified candidate because it is, it's not just about picking up poop anymore. I mean, of course that's part of the job, but I mean, it's all about enrichment and training and doing scientific research and interacting with the public and education. And just, it's, it's really evolved into this. I mean, it's an amazing career opportunity. And yes, though the depiction of zookeepers on, uh, this show and or volunteers or whatever was just, it was, it was heartbreaking and I almost couldn't get past the first episode because of that reason Uh, to take a stand or whatever, uh, because it's just not, that's not, that's not how it is. And that's, that's, this this documentary was made for the drama. Once again, Mm -hmm. if you went and interviewed all the keepers I worked with at my credit facility, no offense, most of them would be too boring. (laughs) be on the show right <laughs> including my, myself included so uh but yeah and uh, of course on uh, uh, a lot of my zookeeper friends are just yeah it's it's uh it's blown up and it's uh, i think it's it's uh annoying a lot of people and frustrating them and i guess one of the reasons i wanted to be here today too is also to hopefully uh towards the end of the pocket podcast talk about what we can do with some if we were whatever mo- whatever emotion if the emotion that 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 the Tiger King drawed up in you was uh, negative or w- anything like that. Uh, I think there's some stuff we can do with that because uh, that could help help out uh, big cats uh, in the wild and then those also um, under human care and accredited facilities, be it whether it's a zoo or a sanctuary. Awesome. And Chris, what were you going to say regarding no. the zoos? No, just how hard it was. I mean, yeah. I was going to say, you know, drop, name drop, but Rick Schwartz, who's now the spokesperson. Oh, by so the way, can I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I yeah. loved, 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 loved 
I almost listened to that episode. I think I listened to it twice, that interview with Rick yeah. Schwartz. And I've had him on my show, but I loved it. Yeah, he, yeah go ahead. I loved that one, Zookeeper Rick. Thanks. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. And now he's the spokesperson. It was so hard. He he didn't get hired by San Diego till yeah. the seventh try, and yeah. then it was part-time. So yeah. Yeah. They, they only want the best of the best. And we get asked all the time, how do you become a zookeeper? Or, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of our friends are zookeepers and, and th- meet him, met him through the podcast. And you have an you have a interview coming up all about that soon. Yes. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> so Thursday, yeah, Thursday with with Angie's husband John, who's the director of a zoo, we talk a lot about getting accredited, how difficult it is. We talk about the zookeeping field, that what zoos do for animals in the wild. So I think you know, I, I definitely want to talk about the welfare of these animals on the show and what's wrong with it. But when you see what happens at Joe Exotic's place what that place in Carolina does, which I want to throw up. And then even the the rescue down in Florida, I, she's not breeding them anymore. I applaud her for that. I applaud how she's changed the direction she's, she's gone. But even then those cats were not kept in the best conditions. Yeah. Thank you, know? you. Thank you. I don't uh, think Carol, Oh my God, probably get so much flack for this, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. There's something fishy about this. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you guys can't tell me you watched that and thought, hmm. No. You know? Yeah. Well, so here's here's the, one of the one of the big points uh, with all of that is that an accredited zoo and an accredited sanctuary they should have a board of directors, some chain of command. Uh, something, uh, checks and balances, okay, um, which was obviously lacking at both uh, Big Cat and obviously at Joe's, like, big mm-hmm. time, right? He was the king. What he said did, whether it was illegal or not or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge, huge problem uh, from a safety aspect of the animals, from human resources of the employees or the volunteers and things like that. And so I don't know much about the facility in Florida. I've never been there. And who knows, too, with the documentary where they're just showing only the bad parts or what. Um, I I think the thing about it is, once again, though, whether you like the cages or you didn't like the cages as far as their size, all of that, folks, don't hate on Joe. Don't hate on Carol. Hate on your government because that mm-hmm. is totally oh, that's USDA. that's a good point. Yeah. That is, that is USDA and Fish and wildlife, fine. Like, uh, they're okay with that. I mean, I think if you look up the Florida law for uh, an exotic animal, because Florida's one of those, um, we don't, uh, there's partial bans, mm-hmm. and you have to get, allegedly have to get permits, but you can maybe, like, buy them for super cheap, and it's pretty sketchy down here in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody who's been to Florida <laughs> can uh, relate. Just, uh, glor- uh, just Google Florida man and then your yeah. birthday, and uh, some funny stuff always will make you laugh. So Florida's, uh, we've got some, some loopholes and, and things in it, but I, I think it's the cat has to have the exotic animal, depending on their size, let's say a big cat, I think it has to have like six feet. Uh, basically, be, it basically has to be able to turn around. Can I, okay, and I have to say something. And, 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 that's, and, and that's the law. That's yeah. not... And and I, I, so for me, I actually, at both facilities, I saw a lot more room than that. Yeah. Now, I think the cages were, like, not great. And, and definitely at Joe's, I had a huge problem with how many cats. Because tigers, for those of you that um, haven't listened to our other tiger podcasts, is that uh, 
Tigers are solitary creatures in the wild. So they only come together for breeding. So it is actually not natural for them to be living with, I don't know, I think I was counted like 15 head, yeah. 20 head of tiger in some of Joe's yeah. uh, pens. That is, that's not, it's not how, they're not like lions. Lions live in families, yeah. the lion king, the pride, all of that. It's different for tigers. And yeah. so I took a lot of issue with how they were housed at Joe's a lot more than how they were housed at Carol's. I do want to say that I heard from both sides. I heard from people who wanted to be completely anonymous that they were either for the big cat rescue or against it. Some people messaged me and said they're both crazy, that Joe and Carol are both crazy. I did receive a message from someone who currently works at the big cat rescue with Carol, who knows her personally. And this is the first time, actually the first time I've read it in, in its entirety. It was one of my blocked messages on Instagram because I didn't follow this person, but I'm, I'm just going to read what she has to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just basically defending. So it says, so I actually work with the cats at big cat rescue in Tampa. And I know Carol and the facility. Well, I think that many things got misconstrued in the documentary. Obviously Joe is a bad guy and there's absolutely no denying that. But Carol is the sweetest and most genuine person I've ever met in my life. She admits to her faults in her younger years of owning big cats as pets, realized it was a bad idea, started to educate the public on the plight of cats, built a GFAS accredited facility, and now wants the abuse of big cats to stop, primarily the cub petting. That's the Big Cat Public Safety Act bill we will promote. It will primarily stop people from owning big cats as pets and stop cub petting. If people have the cats, they won't be taken away. It would just be nice if people registered their cats. 10,000 to 20,000 big cats in the U.S. is an absurdly large gap. Zoos, as long as they are accredited, won't be affected. And neither will the LSU mascot. But I urge you to look up Tony the Tiger Truck Stop. um, Tony the Tiger Truck Stop. That's one thing that will be directly affected by this bill and Carol's mission. It's heartbreaking. I know that was a little long, but that is someone who is, um, you know, well, who's, it's, good. it's good insight yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it definitely. Is. So I just wanted to say that I've heard from good sides and bad sides. So, yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think that there is, once again, there's a couple sides to every story. Yeah, like I said earlier, I, I want to applaud Carol because she did have a, a change where she was breeding big cats and, and and I don't want to say her facility is, is bad. I mean, it's, it's so expensive to, to maintain them, but I think yesterday Angie and I were talking about this and Angie made a good point and it really shows me, you know, put your money where your mouth is. They spent millions of dollars in legal fees to fight a copyright claim against Joe exotic where do you know what Sonarto can do with that in Indonesia? If he had that money, what he could do for tigers down there. So How many traps he could yeah. uh, uh, camp, not traps. <laughs> Make sure and be clear. How many, not tiger dogs, <laughs> how many camera traps right. <laughs> and helpers to protect the wild tigers. Yes. So, just died yes. over here. Yeah, not, not yeah. tiger traps. Yeah. I, no. That is disgusting how much money went for legal fees. I mean, that is really, right. come on. And so whether, whether or not her, I mean, her facility is obviously, um, it's accredited and we just found out and it is, uh, completely okay by fish and wildlife and USDA. And, uh, so, you know, whether, whether or not we like it, 
that was a lot of money to to spend uh, on legal fees. Much on, I mean, and I I understand her passion. I get that mm-hmm. she, you know he was the enemy and he represents cub petting and cub or tiger breeding and all that. And uh, but I don't know. I mean. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right use of money, but it was—it's just an outlandish amount of money on both parts. They could have put uh, when, in a multi-million dollar exhibit for one of the cats mm-hmm. with the amount exactly, that they or spent put that on legal money, fees. Or, or put that money overseas. Oh to, yeah, tiger conservation, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that's—I think that's a thing too. That's uh, for me, what makes me really passionate about like the um, AZA accredited zoos is the amount of money they put into conservation in the wild. I think, let's see, last year, was it? it Two, was like, 239, uh, right? Million. Million. Spent on million, 231 million 31, yep. conservation projects, money towards conservation projects abroad every year. Not, And so I think they that's really underappreciated when you go to your local accredited zoo, or that's a really big difference between, obviously, Joe Exotica's, or Exotica, that's not even his name. Yeah, I don't know. Joe Exotic, whatever his name like is. Sounds like a porn Between... name. I know. <laughs> I mean, did you watch the show? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to I, I, go ahead, Chris. What'd I, you say? I, I, I had to throw Joe it Exotica. I mean, yeah, seriously. Listen to Angie talk with AZA zoos. It's not just that they pour that money in. They send their keepers overseas to do conservation pro- projects. So my buddy Mike at the LA Zoo went to Africa and worked with giraffes. I know the San Diego Zoo, their koala team, when I interviewed them, they were sent over to Australia to help with conservation. Yeah, my credit is Zoo sent I me. know a zookeeper, yeah. There. Angie. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, the, I guess that's the thing. And so that's where I, I, I talk a little bit more, I think, when we're looking at organizations, whether they're zoos or aquariums, for that matter, or sanctuaries, is where are the checks and balances? Like, who... Yeah, what? How? Who's regulating the mission? And what? Well, what is the mission? What does it look like? Uh, are they breeding? Are they not breeding? Uh, uh, I don't even. It's a totally different podcast for a different day. But uh, Joe had the uh, the uh, the hybrid tigers or ligers. Oh, no, or no, 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 no. That's this podcast. No, 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 no. I'm all ready for that one. Hit it! Yeah, hit it! Attack me! No yeah, pun that's intended. That's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that's what are so I had. Ligers, let's talk yeah, about okay. it. Yeah, oh, okay. This one. Hit this me. one. Oh my god, this one. Okay. So this place that breeds them and they on, you see them on social media and they get millions of likes and it drives me crazy. Bonkers. And it shows one of them swimming with tigers, like how wonderful this is and you know this attractive attractive female in a bikini and she's under the waterfall. It it I want to throw up. It makes me so angry. You should not be bathing with tigers, for one thing. Then they show the liger, and they have tried to defend the liger, saying it's natural, it happens in the wild, it's such BS. Ligers are unnatural hybrid of lions and tigers. So you breed a male lion to a female tiger, and you get ligers. Okay. If you bred a male tiger to a lioness, it's a tigon, and I don't even know how many of those are out there. So the ligers, they're huge, right? You get this hybrid vigor, this this unnatural, this massive animal with a short life. Physically, they're they're a mess because they're so big, their frames can't 
can't support them, so they get arthritis. You watch some of these videos of these ligers; they have trouble walking them. And in the video, in the movie, they show them uh, moving the liger in a cage, you know, pulling it with a four wheeler, because that liger can't walk dis- great distances. So I, I have to, I have to butt in because I've had someone on my podcast, Jay from Prehistoric Pets, who I mm-hmm. he was he was defending ligers, and on nope. my show. Nope. He was telling, and I'm not trying to put Jay, no. I'm not trying to put a spotlight on him, but he was saying that naturally because there are lions in Asia, well, there used to be, there's only like, what, 60 or 100 mm-hmm. left, the Asiatic lions, that they were, he said, thousands of years ago, they would breed. So what is your claim for that? It's so rare. That would be so rare. And most natural scientists would say that's a bunch of baloney, okay. that it would be a rare occurrence. Like we saw a few years ago, a polar bear, grizzly bear mix, right? Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That a hunter killed. And it was a, it was a hybrid Lovely. that it, it, it happens. It happens, but it's so rare. It's so rare. And because here's one, uh, Jason from wild, Animal Safari in Pine Mountain, Georgia. This is an article many years ago talking about ligers. And he said, out of the 24 that they bred for, only three were normal. But even as they grew older, they still developed neurological disorders. He's like, these things are not natural. They don't survive in the, they would never survive in the wild or it'd be very rare if they did. And ligers are horrific, horrific. And Anybody that breeds and shows off ligers should be shamed. I'm sorry. And, and on social media, you should not be supporting people like this. I'm sorry. It, it just – that is where the animal welfare comes in, and that's where it kicks in, where this is not natural. You know, it now, is not in, okay. In, in Jay's defense, and I'm just and I'm just trying to play devil's advocate because I, I guess I had Jay on, and Jay has – I'm not trying to put Jay on the spot. I feel like I am. No. I mean, but I mean, <laughs> Sorry, but Pup, Jay. yeah, no, Jay's a super nice guy and he mm-hmm. owns the, the reptile zoo in California. He has one of the biggest social media followings of anyone I know. He has over 1.5 million followers. His mm-hmm. defense is because he has received a lot of hate. And by the way, I feel like you guys should listen to, to the podcast interview I had with Jay. Just, 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 just to kind of hear his thoughts. But his thing is, you know, he does get backlash for when he does stuff with tigers, this and that. But he's talking about how, hey, listen, I'm bringing awareness, uh, you know, of these animals, about these animals, how they are disappearing. And in Jay's defense, he does do these IGTVs. And he is saying, like, hey, we need to help these animals. So, I mean... I, but know, he doesn't breed ligers. No, 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 oh, then they're, uh, no. Oh, okay, so he then, just. But yeah. I, I think I don't think he he may have a video with a liger, or it is some tiger, and I think it is, it is at one of these facilities. So his argument, because he has received backlash, is hey, I'm bringing these animals into people's homes on their phones. A lot of these people would never see them. You know, they are endangered in the wild. He is educating people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. Mean, I, 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 I I see that point, and that's definitely a point I know that uh, I think uh, Joe brought up in um, somewhere in one in one of the uh, in one of the episodes mm-hmm. where he that he believes oh, him keeping wildlife is a key connection for many people to want to connect with animals and want to know more about them. So you could potentially extrapolate that into like saving them. Don't necessarily think that a liger helps bring about that uh, feeling of wanting to, to help with conservation or learn mm-hmm. more about animals any more than a serval, probably any more than a raccoon. Yeah. Chris, are you, do you have more stuff to say about the liger? You- 
Hit me with it. I'm just, I feel like he wants to jump to the screen. I'm, I know. It's, <laughs> it's because it, there's so much misinformation out there. And that's where, like, you know, Angie and I are we're scientists. We're science-based. Yeah. Our know, opinions. I don't, I, yeah, that's the thing is I don't you don't need ligers and you don't and you, oh, there, there's, there's no a, data out there to show that you need a big cat to get people excited about animals in general. No, and I, mean, like, my goodness, I worked at a zoo forever and people like the squirrels on the public path more than they did some of the <laughs> other animals. Or or I would hold the little bunny and they could pet a bunny or a chicken. That got more kids engaged than I mean it, it would blow your mind. Well, you know, Corbin, you bring Animals out like that, you don't you don't have a big cat, and you can still woo audiences and and get your education me- get them excited and get your education message across. So I, I don't think it has to be a big cat. I think you and potentially are doing a disservice to think that. Right, and I think I'm just trying to say like Angie and I we we have our opinions and we share our opinions, but we we don't let it leak into the podcast that often unless we're, they're very strongly backed up with evidence. Like we're evidence based scientists. And to say ligers were everywhere is is a total disservice and, and is a disservice to the Asiatic lion and it's a disservice to the Bengal tiger in that region of the world. So that, you know, disinformation is something, Angie, and I, it just frustrates me. I, you know, Carol's person that, that wrote you, I don't think there's 20,000 tigers in the United States. Prove it. I, I don't. From the studies I saw they estimate maybe 5,000. There could be up to 10 that are very well hidden, but from the surveys I saw, maybe 5,000 in the United States, which is still too many. It's 5,000 too many in my in my opinion. Just you know, accredited zoos or some of these zoos that are involved with the SSPs, I think, should have them. I, I think the biggest, you know, I, I want to give people solutions, and maybe we can save that for the end. And that's supporting some of the legislation that Carol's pushing. Yeah, I'm going to get – oh, my God. <clears throat> okay, well, I'm just going to say – okay, so I know you don't like Doc, right? Is this the guy? What is his name? Doc? <laughs> I'm just very careful. I don't Hold want on. a lawyer coming knocking on my no door. No joke. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit the crap. Hold on. Okay, so there is an – okay, Myrtle Beach Safari. They focus on yes. that in the documentary. As a viewer, I've never been to Myrtle Beach Safari mm-hmm. – some of those enclosures looked beautiful compared to something, I mean, underwater viewing, waterfalls, green luscious grass. I mean. Yes, but I had. How do they afford that? How do they afford that? Yeah. Cub but, petting? Is that what you're getting well, at? The cub petting? Well, and, and, and from a welfare point of view, one thing I want to point out is that bull, in my opinion, and once again, I'm not a, a veterinarian or a tiger uh, physiologist or expert, but the, I never saw like an emaciated cat or they all had yes. plenty of food. Yeah. In fact, Overweight. in fact, at, at the South Carolina one, I, I wanted to, they were actually probably some of them on the morbidly obese scale. And I don't Absolutely. know what that is for a cat, a uh, big cat like that, but I'm sure some veterinarians out there that service, uh, domestic cats on a daily basis were like jaws were probably yep. dropping to the floor. Yep. About I know how, exactly. Yep. Yep. And that and that is a disservice too from an animal health perspective. I mean that is not. No. And I'm I was wondering I'm like oh is he trying to make them so overweight so they'll like they're slow they're to slow them down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and it's horrible for arthritis. So now if you have inbred ligers or cat or whatever now that are, are prone to arthritis and then you put that kind of weight on them, I don't know. I, I mean so that was for me that I would. The animal condition was t- over condition, we call it in the industry mm-hmm. at that facility. And then at Joe's, they, um, they seemed, oh, okay. Joe seemed okay. 
I mean, he seemed okay. There, there was a couple of emaciated ones that we saw in the video, but I yeah, I didn't pick up on that too much. Uh, they looked overall, in my opinion, okay. But once again, these are just little glimpses. We're not, you know, we, we're not there day in and day out. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I, I think you brought up a good point. How do they pay for that? luxurious looking waterfall and landscape and, and, all I, and I, you know and like you said in the beginning this is all gray there's not black and white there's no yes or no some places i've seen so-called rescues which are personal zoos tigers kept in beautiful conditions many acres beautiful parks so there's good rescues out there you know and then you see something like what i saw with joe exotic when you had a dozen tigers in one cage area with nowhere to shelter well, no straw to lay on it's muddy it's a mud bath they're well, all fighting think, over food yeah yeah well i think that's one of the the potential issues is that there is no specific definition for zoo or rescue or sanctuary there just mm-hmm. isn't you can't you can't just assume like chris said it's it's not black and white not all zoos are the same not all sanctuaries are the same and so and not all rescues are the same. And, and that makes it that makes it really hard for the public. And I also think that who doesn't, you know, who doesn't want to, quote unquote, get their picture taken with a cub? I mean, yeah. if you're, you know, if you if you're if you're going to stay in here right now and tell me you don't want to pet a cub either, then I'm yeah. going to tell you there's something wrong with you. I, <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I, well, you don't I, want to because you know better. I but know if, better, yeah. But in, yeah. in a pretend world, so, if I, it was okay, I mean, who wouldn't snuggle up it, against that thing? This is the um, first time I've ever talked about this publicly, but we used to have a, a, a roadside zoo. It was off our freeway, and I volunteered there when I was 13. And I have a picture with with playing with tiger cubs. That mm-hmm. place has since shut down, thank God, because it turned into an awful situation. This guy had white tigers. Everything was, I mean, I was inside cleaning. You guys, this is a true story. I can't believe I'm talking about this. My <laughs> second day of volunteering, I was inside cleaning by myself, me and my friend. We were 13 years old, no supervision, cleaning inside a tiger exhibit with the tigers in the den. 100%. Oh, yeah. That same day... I'm not making this up. The tiger got out as we opened the den. The tiger was out. The owner had to come out and get a hose to try to get it back in the den. That was my second day of volunteering. Wow. So it That's insane, I, Corbin. I'm I, almost about to cry. So like, yeah. that is and insane. I remember watching that den door and I remember being I've never been more scared in my life just thinking like, wow, if that den door opened I would be gone. But anyway, that was my second day of volunteering. I wow. was inside picking up Tiger Scat. Now, listen, the experience was amazing. And mm-hmm. and I have a picture. I have a picture of me with these tiger cubs that were wrestling me. But where are those tigers now? Probably dead. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, where are they? I mean, the, the zoo turned out. 90% of the animals ended up dying. They found like a rotted – they found a rotting snow leopard um, in one of Ugh. the enclosures. The giraffe snapped its neck in half. I mean, anyway, it was horrific, and this was mm-hmm. 18 years ago. Um, but, yeah, so I've seen it firsthand, and I've played with cubs, and that experience is amazing. Who would not mm-hmm. want to yeah. do it? Right. I mean, and it's just, and so it's, and of course, since then, you, you've learned more. I've learned. I've yes. learned more. We, yes, we, we know, learned. we know more, right? We have a more sophisticated opinion about these types of things. And, and I think that's the thing is a lot of people that aren't in the animal 
uh, industry or aren't as familiar with uh, wildlife or zoos, I can understand totally why it seems like an okay thing to do. I had a friend that wanted to pet some tigers at a, a, a fair or something. Yeah. And she's like, well, they said the money was going to conservation. Uh, yeah. and, and so it's, and, and she's a brilliant woman. Like she's yep. a smart person. Yep. And, and so she checked with me afterwards and she's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I want to see your thoughts on that. And so she didn't do it, but I can see how it's, very easy to then, and then of course, everybody wants to share the selfies and things like that. But what people don't realize, or are what what we want to talk about today, is those cubs that are 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 used for promotional exploitation or whatever it is. They're only able to do that from the time mm-hmm. they're born. They're pulled from their moms, right? So they're literally with their mom for like right, maybe maybe for a day, maybe not. Depends on what the breeder does and then they're pulled and then they're bottle fed and they're actually really only able to interact or be petted or pictures taken or whatever with the public from the time they're like eight to 12 weeks old. I I think the worst footage in that documentary for me is when the, when the tiger is giving birth and he uses Mm -hmm. that long stick through Mm -hmm. the fence and he tries to get that baby tiger out as fast as he could with the cub and he's trying to peel it underneath the fence and the head's getting caught and oh, it made me, it's so horrible. It made it me is, want to cry because it is. And, and and I just want to say something because I did, you know, touch cubs in a past life. I've learned and I'm happy that you have, you know, you brought that up, you know, at a roadside zoo and stuff like that. Um, but there are instances yeah. in accredited facilities where you can work with cubs if you are a professional. But I, I, I don't know. There's just so many black and there's so yeah, much. Yeah. So I mean, because, and, and, and the public should be known too, that the, uh, uh, a tiger will typically stay with its mom in the wild for up to two years. Mm-hmm. So you're, I mean, and then they bottle feed it and they've actually bottle feed them longer than they probably should. And by they, this is me, just a very general blanket. So not all breeders I'm sure are equal, but in general, uh, that they don't get the nutrients they need. Um, and so, they're on this bottle formula, whatever it is, for longer than they probably would be. And so a lot of times, too, that can have long-term side effects for their health from not having the, the proper nutrition when they were young. Mm-hmm. And then in the story, they're 12 weeks old. They're done. They're out. They can no longer – they're too big, too wild. They cannot be handled by, quote, unquote, the public. So what happens then? Oh, this is – the one quote I wrote down, because like you said, I took tons of notes. While I was watching <laughs> all seven episodes. And this was attributed to the place in Carolina that Joe said. And he's basically saying when the when they're young and when they're cubs, they're money makers. And he admitted he made up to thirty grand at a mall. Wow. With cubs cub, and, cub and just petting. one in like one weekend. Yeah, one mall. Yeah, one mall. Wow. Yeah. Up to thirty grand. And then they say well, when they're old, they're nothing but a bill. And yep. So Joe at one point said he had – And a liability. And a liability. Joe said he had over 220 tigers with 20 more coming. And this is towards the end when he's like running for governor or whatever, trying to raise money. (laughs) So insane. He's so insane. Now, it is – it's on record. He's convicted of killing five tigers because they would go – when they run run out of use, you know, they go and euthanize a lot of them or kill them or shoot them. And I don't know if you caught it in there, but one of the workers at – the one facility that remains unnamed, she alleged she fell in love with this tiger and then the oh, tiger just yeah. totally disappeared. Totally oh, disappeared. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. she doesn't know whatever happened. And to they're her. saying that facility is killing them, euthanizing them, and yes, then cremating the le- them on, alleged, on the premises. Yes. Yeah, yeah, alleged. Yeah, alleged. So, I my my whole thing is what makes a good rescue if they're not breeding. And they are because t- we need rescues. I mean, bottom line, we need tiger. Carolina tiger rescue should be the gold standard. We need places like that because people get these when they're cute, cuddly, or young, and then they get too old, and they're too expensive. Up to ten grand a year to care for well, one tiger. Right, and, and we need facilities yeah. to take these animals in. But well, if they're breeding, and, uh, yeah. And Carolina tiger rescue is a good example because they don't buy any animals. They don't sell any animals, sell any animal parts. They don't breed. Uh, they don't allow public contact with the animals. Their staff doesn't uh, touch the animals unless it's for like an, um, a, uh, an animal procedure with a sedation so, or something like that. They don't exhibit animals off site. So I, I think that there's a big, big difference in how these places are designed and, and the um, tiger, the Carolina tiger, Tiger Rescue will also not take cubs for this reason. So, because they're like, we don't want to be part of the problem. Like, if we'll just take the cubs at how you know at at three months or four months when they're no longer able to be used for petting and picture taking, then we're just part of the problem. And so, what ends up happening is the really good rescues or sanctuaries will also not take young animals because uh, they don't want to be part of the problem. They want to be part of the solution. So that leaves the breeder. Or, or the this private owner and a little bit of a pickle of what what are they going to do with this animal? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not gonna. I have my own theories on what what they're doing. Um, and you think they're killing them. I mean, a, a, a tiger uh, is worth about uh, fifty grand. Really? Mm-hmm. For body parts and all that. Oh nonsense. my mm-hmm. God! Yeah. Oh, right. do you think that there could be a correlate? Oh, I don't. I have no idea, but I know, I, I, a theory. I, I I just know that if I mean, it, well, there's probably yeah, there might be other non-accredited rescues that maybe are taking them. Um, I don't know, but I have to wonder where all of these three-month-old um, tigers. I've never even thought of that. I never no. thought and, of that either, Angie. I don't know. I just it's a hypothesis. I have no proof. No, um, well, but, it, but I also I also with that being said, I also wonder. You know, I'm trying to figure out, like, at the end of the day, it, I don't think we can necessarily – we cannot like Joe and we, or we cannot like Carol or any of the other players of this, this wacky Tiger King show. But at the end of the day, it is the local and state and federal government that you should not be liking. And I'm not a, like a libertarian or anything like that or whatever. I'm just saying, like, that they're, they're – I mean, it's like – it's the law's fault. Like the most of this stuff, this cup petting, most of this stuff is totally legal. Yeah, and I just want to say something though. I feel, and I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think that Joe, when he started out, really loved his animals? Yes. 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 I do. I do and the same I do. for Carol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I. I mean, I think. I think here's the deal. Here's the deal with owning private ownership of big cats. I'm sure most people that start it uh, are doing it with really good intentions. Mm-hmm. They really love the the animal. They interact with it. I mean, they're beautiful. They're majestic. It's uh, I I understand that. I liked working with exotic animals as well. Um, so I, I but I think somewhere along the line, 
because of laws allowing for this to happen, things can spiral out of control. Because a key fact we probably should have made, and we kind of made uh, um, so far on this podcast, but animal animal care or animal welfare for exotics, so let's totally exclude domestics. The care of animals under uh, in captivity or uh, under human care is poorly regulated. Like, poorly regulated. Whether it's a turtle or a chimpanzee. And some states are trying to change that. Uh, but in general, it's more up to the individual but, or the institution. See, so, so no, I had a friend who wants to be anonymous. And basically, mm-hmm. her statement was saying... Or, or his statement. It could be a guy or girl. Uh, <laughs> Mystery told me that they worked at a big cat rescue. They were very aware of Carol. They did not work at Carol's cat rescue. But her, their claim was, listen, Carol wants to be the only big cat rescue. And she wants all the others shut down. And she said if they pass this act, it's going to affect even things like outreach programs, even using smaller cats, for instance, servals or ocelots for educational programs. I mean, I do television segments, you know, on the Today Show. I work with cats. You know, we feature cheetahs from accredited places. We're currently working on bringing on an ocelot, which mm-hmm. is obviously well, – oh, I just broke that news. Um, <laughs> anyway, but – Here here first. Here, here first, but that's with an accredited facility. They have the licenses. So mystery – comment told me that if this if this law passes then it's going to affect all of us and it's not just going to you know and so go ahead chris i okay um this person <laughs> who i i read the the act okay, okay. so i read okay. it and yeah, so chris, quick, give us a quick breakdown for listeners that aren't familiar with the big right. safety act and I, and I think if you want to make a change, if, if you're fired up this you need to contact your legislators because i i think you know, I don't know what Carol's about. I didn't look up her stuff. You know, I don't think there should be 5,000 tigers in the United States. I think there should be a few hundred at zoos and then accredited zoos and maybe some regulation where people can use them for education, right? I just don't – I think it's the Wild West or it was the Wild West where a lot of these animals are being bred and abused and their welfare is not being monitored. That's just my opinion. Okay, there's one of my opinions. Big Cat Public Safety Act. So basically it says in general, it's unlawful for any person to import, export, transport, sell, receive, acquire, or purchase in interstate or foreign commerce or in a manner substitute, you know, big legal words in Congress, affecting interstate or foreign commerce or to breed or possess any prohibited wildlife species. Now there are exceptions built in there for zoos and education, but it says lions, tigers, leopards, snow leopards, jaguars, cougars, or any hybrids. Those are the prohibited species, not ocelots, not you know, smaller cats. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see that in this. It, it, it didn't. So, again, we got to just go with truth. This is what it says. We can't. That's where I'm like the disinformation doesn't help because people start turning off their ears. They just say, well, you know, that's a lie. And sometimes we make mistakes. I mean, we all make this could maybe I, I read it wrong, but I pulled it up. You know, the, what was submitted in Congress in 2019. So and for it, the it, record, it only they think it estimate, they estimate 
At least the last estimate I heard that it only has three percent chance of passing. Oh, yeah, really? it's not going to get. It's not oh. going to pass it. Okay. Well, unless this might change with Tiger. Maybe. Know, oh my god, I mean, it might yeah, change. Hopefully. Oh, you're right. But it just yeah. it goes on to say, you know, does you know what's the sanctuary? They can do this, but things they can't do is sell or breed, because I think you know with the the cub petting. So I don't think that would. One. I don't. Yeah, I mean that would. I don't think that would affect Carol's, and I don't think it would affect North Carolina. No, and, and, Tiger the, and the message that the, the anonymous Instagram person said that it would not affect mm-hmm. anyone who currently has them. They just want to stop the 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 cub petting. You know, yeah, which, but someone yeah, could call. We have to. Yeah, yeah, it's like you got to start. You got to start somewhere. Someone, I, I don't know. I just want to say this because I'm looking at all around, and the more and more you know our podcasts are listened to, the more and more stuff is out there. The more and more mm-hmm. we're hearing from people who have all these opinions. And I own an educational outreach company that takes reptiles to do shows. Someone could argue and say, "Well, Corbin, what, what's the difference between a someone touching a large African tortoise and a tiger?" So let's talk about it because it's like someone could call me a hypocrite. I'm serious. Yes. I'm sorry, guys. I've dealt with. I've dealt. I'm dealing with a lot of trolls. Um, well, not a lot. I shouldn't say that. I have. I've, I have a lot of good comments, but there's people out there. So, what would you say against that? Well, first I, of all, Corbin, yeah. I just want to tell you uh, a very wise woman named Marianne. Uh, bless her, bless her soul. She once told me that if nobody's talking about you, you're not doing a good enough job. Oh, I like that. <laughs> okay, so, but, uh, so yeah, yeah, you can you can borrow that one from me anytime. It, it's, it's an okay thing. Um, so, what was the question again? I just, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. No, I I just, I, go ahead, Chris. Where's the Where's the line? Where's I thought line? of. Oh, where's the? I, I I gave a lot of thought to this because I know what you do. I know you have an alligator. Two, you know, and, and <laughs> but he's a rescue. Two, you know, both some, are rescues. Two, you have two now. I've I've are always had two. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> yes, I'm currently, yes, um, I'm Corbin the Alligator King. No, I'm not breeding them. Let me tell you. So I have two alligators. I have special licenses um, from Idaho Fish and Game. One of, one of my alligators was living in a, someone's bedroom. The other one was given as an anniversary present. So, and in, in my defense, I, in, in my defense, and I actually filmed in IGTV my first one talking about tiger king and i had my alligator in the background and i thought you know what mm-hmm. i actually i didn't i didn't put it out publicly because i thought this isn't good i need to do you know with something like a ball python something less controversial but in my video i stated like i am not out there advocating for people to have alligators as pets i'm not mm-hmm. getting any new alligators for our educational shows chompers is six and a half feet sonny's ten and a half feet he weighs several he weighs like 300 pounds they're literally retired and if you follow my Instagram feed, you'll know we're building them mm-hmm. a brand new 1,000 square foot right. facility. That's just insane. It's like crazy. But so that would be my argument. Is like you know I'm not. <laughs> you no. know what I mean? And I no, would no, tell no. you. Yeah, but I'm ahead. saying like I got. I had a lot of thought of it for you, and I was like, you know, what Corbin does, what you do is is extremely important for wildlife. You know, and that's you know what I believe, and what Angie and I have talked about for a couple of years since we've known you. You know what you do. So where do you draw the line? I I don't know. It, it, it's I a think, hard. Uh, I think you draw the line with like the mobility, the size, the the class of the animal. I mean, maybe alligators yeah. is a different talk for a different day. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't think that you like. I can't. I don't think you can compare um, 
a tiger and a ball python. No, no, no. Yeah, or just, or a chimpanzee or an elephant. Oh I mean, I think they're all into his pet yeah, elephant. I mean, like who who owns pet elephants? No, like, his come pet on. elephant looked all like it was in great care. I mean, that's horrible. No, the, his animals are fine. It, yeah. It's it's his, his his. I will say that place. Their animals, like Angie said earlier, the, they they take immaculate care of the ones they keep. What happens to the ones that they don't keep? That's my question for them. And they say, oh, we give millions to conservation. I've heard that on Instagram. P- show us. Show us who benefits from that money. Have you sent money to, to Sonarto, who's out in the jungle, actually doing work? No. You know, he that all that money that they charge, which is very – it's very expensive to go there and mess with their that. tigers. Okay. Has built that facility, has built all their beautiful homes, bought, pays but, for those but, beautiful things. Bought those one girl's boobs, remember? She got her uh, – Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those admission so, tickets bought her. You know, a brand you, new... I think they, I think you can write that off on your taxes. Though, Are you so. serious? Okay, <laughs> I have no idea, but okay. uh, you know what I mean. That, that, sorry, that, the whole the whole show is just bizarre, and yeah. I you know I I think that when you whatever place you're addressing, how about this? Rather, it's an uh, an independent wildlife educator like yourself and your company, mm-hmm. or. And accredited the San Diego Zoo, mm-hmm. or Joe Exotica, or Exotica. <laughs> oh, I keep saying that's so funny. That's like how it was in my brain. Uh, or whatever facility. I think it's up to, like, the proof is in the pudding of your mission statement on your website, mm-hmm. on what rules and regulations you're following, and and what you're doing and how you're not profiting so, off of it, or yeah. if you are. So, so, so there's a lot. There, For instance, if I was breeding my alligators and I was producing 60, 70, 80 baby alligators for hands-on shows, for people to touch them, and then selling them on the internet, that would probably put me on the lines of Joe Exotic 100%. And that would be wrong for me. So I would say that's the difference. That would be a huge difference. Yeah, well, no. One of many. I I mean, (laughs) one of many. I know. No, no, no. Let me smile real big. Let me zoom in and see those. No, he's got two. (laughs) He's got two. No, well, I mean Corbin. One of the things it's it's you can you can farm alligators, so that's yeah. legal, and that's yeah. and 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 whether you agree with it or not, you know people do you know wear alligator boots, things like that. That's a, there's a major difference between farming alligators and farming tigers. Yeah, because I what Joe Exotic did was farm tigers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he so, had yeah, two hundred and twenty-seven tigers on his property. Mm-hmm. Like what the what? I mean, that is out of control. Okay. And that is a huge problem. This is going to get really touchy. <laughs> this is a this is a heated. I like this round table. This is a very yeah. interesting one. This is very controversial. I think this is more controversial than any round table we've done. Would do you think Carol killed her husband? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> this is so <laughs> <laughs> oh god golly i you know okay through the lens of tv and them building a narrative there's no evidence she did there's no he people disappear Beyond all the time. a reasonable doubt right yeah uh, i mean people disappear all the time. I, I i don't want to go there <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I mean, she's Joe... definitely an eccentric character. I, I don't, I, I, you know, I no, I, I, I for the the drama or whatever. That was the but... drama of the show, and and you know, who knows where he went? People disappeared, and people do crazy stuff. So, do what what I'm 
what I will say in, in Carol's defense or whatever, again, is how she saw the light, isn't breeding them, and is bringing light to this problem. Because, you know, I'll keep it to animal things. <laughs> I know. So don't – okay. You guys, you have I, to admit, though, the I, way they shot it. He spent a million dollars plus on copyright stuff. You think I'm going to say anything? Oh, <laughs> you're gonna right. Say- I'm going to have to edit the crap out of this podcast. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> I just – no, I mean it's in the public domain now. So, but I, you know, I watched her and and I felt really bad how bad she was attacked by Joe Exotic because she oh, was trying was... to put him out. Now, yeah. hold on. Yeah. Has, okay, guys, I don't know this. Has the Big Cat Rescue officially made a statement after this Tiger King documentary? I don't know. I think on their website, she uh, there was. Um... Uh, a rebuttal or some basically saying there was a lot of things misconstrued, which if you, first of all, if you watch any documentary Mm. based on people's lives and things like that, even, even the, even certain like different news stories or things like that, there is, it's usually you have to know they're painting a picture or telling a certain story. So I, for both, for all parties involved, I'm sure there were plenty Plenty of clips they maybe wished were played, and they well, only oh, selected for instance, certain For ones. instance, as reported by TMZ, I actually was going to talk about this mm-hmm. um, last night on my new live show on Facebook, but Joe's ex-husband actually got new teeth back in July, and he, <laughs> swear to God, he was very mad, he told TMZ, because... They shot a bunch of interviews with his new set of chompers, and they decided to use none of that footage. And the producers <laughs> told him exactly. to film it. The producer said, "Hey, you should film with your shirt off." So, <laughs> so <laughs> it is the fence. He got a new set of chompers. He looks pretty good. So I just like right, right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like so. It's hard I, with yeah. So. It's hard to make any any real judgment on what uh, what one person what how much of their truth was really shown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they put a lot out there, but I'm sure there were other parts that were edited as well, edited out of uh, different things. And so, um, I think we I think as far as Joe's side of the story or Carol's side of the story goes, we will have to leave it up to the the legality of it all. And mm-hmm. so far only one of them is in prison and it's not Carol. No. So, no. you know, yeah. uh, I, don't know. I, I guess hashtag Carol killed her husband was on my Instagram yeah. and a few comments. So, um, but, what, but and, and that, so all this actually brings up a, a really fascinating point that uh, I just want to, um, make sure that we all think about with this is, I'm not going to lie. The show was entertaining and uh, I, I definitely binge watched it, it, def- it during this time when we all need distractions. Yes. I saw a funny meme that like, let's actually thank Joe and Carol for giving us this Seriously. distraction during a really important mm-hmm. time of need. Right. We all, we all, we all need a little bit of a, a little bit of a weird odd distraction And the tiger King for 2020 will You're always right. be remembered as this odd distraction during where we all have all these odd feelings that we've most of us have never mm-hmm. felt before some of its grief loss anxiety stress uh, frustration and the tiger king kind of just let us cut loose and eat popcorn and feel a lot better about ourselves and so <laughs> did you uh, for- did you see the meme of like someone whispering or it was it was it was um, president trump whispering to one of his advisors and one of his advisors says what are we going to do mr president about the coronavirus and he says release the tiger documentary <laughs> 
listening seriously. to it. Seriously. But it's so funny, though. For all of that, and I love this discussion, and I think, of course, you should have these discussions with your um, from social distancing on, on Zoom with your yeah. coworkers or, or over the phone with your friends or over FaceTime. But really, though, those are seven hours of my life that I'm not going to be able to get back. <laughs> uh, We're well sure. spent. And I just want to make sure that for all the controversy for people that are, like you said, Corbin, either trolling you or frustrated about this or mad about something we said on the podcast or didn't say on the podcast, take that and do something with it. Like seven hours of your life was wasted on this just crazy story. So learn something from it. Get something out of it. Educate yourself. Educate your friends. Learn more about tigers in the wild, accredited zoos. Uh, Learn more about what a good sanctuary is versus a bad sanctuary. Learn about cup petting. I mean, it it doesn't, it just educate yourself. And I I know for one, like I'm going to, those seven hours, I'm going to give them back to tiger conservation and I'm going to go get more experts. I'm going to try to make up for uh, the, like I said, the seven hours of my life, I'll never get back. And I just hope that out of all the speculation or gossip or whatever it is that all this brings about is it can either bring about some change in your own life or how you see things or, um, or maybe as Chris pointed out, maybe with, uh, with legislation, we can at least start somewhere of trying to fix this problem by either contacting your senators or understand right now the county that you live in. What are the laws? Is mm-hmm. could there be a tiger next door? Yeah, yeah, and it could be. There's another uh, point I want to bring up, and I know we covered this in a podcast on your podcast, and um, you guys so gracious to let me share it on my podcast. To so our last roundtable, we did why zoos matter because a lot of people will see this, and there are a lot mm-hmm. of people out there who don't like zoos. They want to see all the zoos shut down. And in my IGTV, Angie, and I know you watched it and I kind of, I wanted to touch on this, but there's so many people out there who are like, Oh, I don't like zoos. And I just want all the animals to live. You know, they just belong in the wild. And I want to make a point that the wild is a, it really doesn't exist anymore. There are very few places and it's dangerous. Can we talk about this for just a second? Cause yeah, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. And, and John and I talk about this, uh, which we'll be releasing following up this, this, uh, round table because, you know, I, I'm unbiased. I've never worked for a zoo. I, I did help John teach some classes. I taught some zookeepers, you know, that's my only admission. Um, but I've never been employed by an AZA institution or, or anything like that. I'm a scientist. I'm trained in animal physiology. Horses were my number one species. And then I branched out into endangered species research, seeing all these trends going on around the planet. After doing this podcast for two and a half years, Telling the stories of of a hundred species that are that are barely you know a lot of them barely hanging on if not extinct now especially after the Australian wildfires. If zoos went away, a lot of species would go away. We would lose a ton of biodiversity on Earth. They are doing some of the most critical work in research and in conservation. They're working with people out in the field. Like I said, they send their zookeepers out in the field. They are a huge voice in getting people to buy in to animal conservation and education. So from an unbiased scientific perspective, if we didn't have zoos, we're screwed. The food web, the oceans, the landmass, everything. Because like you said, only about 23% of the wild remains before we all became an industrialized wow. species. We've, we've exploited everywhere, roads, you name it, uh, 
you know, tearing down forests, all those things. So zoos are critical, critical to maintaining what species they're, they're lifeboats. They're lifeboats for a lot of species. And yeah, well, and just to add to that a little bit, I think for people that want to make a sweeping statement of I don't like zoos is as as we've discussed, they're not all made the same. It's not it's it's a lot of gray area and zoos, a lot of people that pour their heart and their souls and their lives into being keepers and curators or uh, veterinarians or nutritionists at zoos or whatever, they get a ton of training and all this started happening, and zoos kind of got together, a lot of the bigger zoos, and said, yeah, I mean, the USDA and uh, regulations suck. Like, mm-hmm. they aren't helpful. They're like, give them fresh water once a day and make sure they can turn around in their enclosure. Like, they're not – they're pretty bare minimal, as we talked about earlier in the podcast. And so that's why the AZA accreditation was started is actually the zoos – the people that work at the zoos, the higher-ups and the lower-downs and everybody in between, they were like, we want to increase – the animal welfare, the government's not going to do it. So we wanted, we want to figure out how to raise the bar and how to make sure these animals have the best care, the most room, uh, the most uh, enrichment, uh, enriching lives, that they're not inbred, uh, that they're conserved in the wild. That's one, a big mission of AZA accredited facilities. And so it was actually the zoo's people coming together and saying, we're going to raise the bar because the government's not going to do it. So that's what it's all about. And every year the bar just gets raised higher and higher and higher and higher. And zoos are listening to their, to people, the naysayers and trying to Mm -hmm. continually improve their, their quality. I mean, anybody who's an, uh, anybody who's a little bit older probably has seen the change that a lot of the zoos have taken in the past 20 mm-hmm. to 30 years as far as getting rid of bars and cages and cement and yeah. all that's gone. It's all natural and mm-hmm. and not every zoo everywhere. That's, once again, why I think you, <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't put it – you can't put it in, into, a, um, into a box. And I think the other thing that's really important to point out about accredited zoos – and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as familiar with sanctuary accreditation, so I can't talk about that as much. But the biggest thing is that they encourage – or they, I shouldn't say they encourage. They demand financial accountability in mm-hmm. your institution because, honestly, if something happened to a, a zoo director or a zoo president or whatever at, the, at, an, at a, a, uh, an accredited facility, nothing would change. During coronavirus 2020 at these accredited facilities, besides the public, of course, not being allowed at most of the, um, if not all, the accredited zoos, nothing has changed for their animals. Yeah, the The animals animals are are fine. The care is fine. And that's because accredited zoos and aquariums have endowments. Mm -hmm. They have, and that's a fancy word as far as my understanding, is money in the bank, right? They got money in the bank. For emergency situations to care for their animals. Now, fast forward to what's happened to Joe's zoo. You're right. Since he's been locked away. Yeah. And so these these it's called contingency plans. So accredited zoo facilities, and I would imagine sanctuaries as well, have contingency plans not only about financial issues or responsibility, but about emergency situations, tornadoes, hurricanes, they've got protocol for that. They have protocol for an animal escape, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Which uh, they have protocol for training their employees. I mean, obviously the 
you know, the zoo when you were 13 volunteering broke every one of those. <laughs> they, they did. Uh, and, and I want to say there was a point in the documentary where they were running low on funds. They were running out of food for the animals. It's a place where Joe's right? like, we're going to have to start breeding more tigers and selling tigers. I mean, they didn't have right. a plan. There's no contingency plan. That The one shot where he's looking at the tornado coming down the road. Oh, my like, God. What, like, why are yeah. you, like, securing your animals? I mean, and who knows? Maybe he was. That could just be, once again, the documentary, like, mm-hmm. you know, making stuff dramatic or whatever. I don't know. But what I do know is the amount of paperwork and time and effort and protocol. Oh, my gosh. Email after protocol after oh. protocol after protocol mm-hmm. for working in an AZA-accredited zoo is for these contingencies. And, so they don't go out of business. Well, and just so to, the animals have the best care. Just to double up on that, with Angie talking, it's you know these animals have 24-hour vet care. Mm-hmm. They're they're have nutritionists on staff. So when you see Joe dumping all that meat, expired meat from Walmart, I'm sitting there thinking, not only is the meat expired for a reason, that that's all pro- a lot of it's processed. So it's got high nitrates, salts, other things that are not proper for a cat, a big cat. So their diets are horrific. So again, welfare, big welfare issue there. Where at zoos, you know, these animals are are fed balanced diets. They share information. They do research. Angie, one of the best, uh, one one of my favorite interviews Angie did was um, with Dr. Barney Long, who's heading up the Sumatran Rhino Project. And I think this is a big point to make. They brought in all the Sumatran rhinos in the wild, all what sixty of them that are left I, I in think the world. They're trying to. I don't know if they have. They're yet. trying they're to trying in the Bomas, to. right? They're trying. They're trying to bring them in under human care. Yeah, everything. They're really. They, sp- they're all spread out over the island, and they can't find each other. Yeah, so they're and trying they're to get them together to save them. Mm-hmm. He's leading that project. Everything they've learned to take care of those rhinos, they learned from you know zoos. zoos. Yeah. So it, it's, the, the it's Cincinnati it's so, Zoo for bred a Sumatran rhino. They they're using yeah. all of that information. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Dr. Terry Roth. Yep. Yeah. Please hire me. Hint hint. Somebody. Male rhino. So tip them off. You guys can yeah. I can I read you? This might be super controversial. This is an anonymous message from someone who works at a very credible AZA facility, and the reason why they're not speaking out is they're afraid they don't want to lose their job. Okay. But this is a safe space here. Um, so I'm going to read this. Well, I mean, I think so. Gosh, I, I mean, no one can fire us right now, but I don't want to get sued. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, it is a little long. I might have to cut this out of the pod, but let me know what you guys think, okay? Because I really want to touch okay. with this. This person said, hey, I saw your post, and I'm not sure about how deep you're getting into this tiger stuff, but I just wanted to share some info. I really don't feel comfortable publicly commenting. I have worked for AZA and non-AZA, and I have an issue with the divide that is being wedged between all animal care facilities. I have not watched the series yet, but I can't imagine it will reflect well on the industry, which needs more support than ever. Also, with places like the Oklahoma City Zoo spewing the same AZA rhetoric that they are the gold standard and only qualifying standard for proper animal care, I'm impelled to remind people that AZA has surplus animals to carol at Big Cat Rescue. However, I understand that we all need to work together more than ever. I'm just frustrated by the hypocrisy of some AZA facilities knowing full well the importance of all facilities to improving our animal care practices, successful population management, and our reconstruction of our public image as an industry. Um, He just said... Yeah, anyway, he just goes more into this. But he says, most larger facilities might have the same space with the nicer looking exhibits and even better vet care. But at night, all the houses come to night houses. 
I don't oppose this or disagree with this. The space is usually more sparse, less natural, and smaller. My point is the cat at the smaller facility doesn't care if it's sleeping on a wooden plank or a million-dollar fake rock wall as long as it's well cared for and stimulated, blah, 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 blah. The fancy expensive exhibits are for guests and hopefully benefit animals but are not absolutely necessary. Awesome. Thanks for all the education. Sorry, that was so long-winded. No, I I think... Yeah, Angie, no. Angie's got a I good mean, perspective from being. Yeah, I the the um the writer brings up a lot of of fair points. Uh, I don't think that there is any necessarily silver bullet as far as, as there's problems in on all institutions. Nothing you, know, you can't get everything perfect. I think it's striving for it, and I. Being a scientist, this is kind of what drove me to when after being a zookeeper of wanting to go back to graduate school to get uh, some some more degrees and learn more about the science and scientific method is a lot of times we anthropomorphize and assume this is how an animal feels or this is Mm. this is safe for an animal or this isn't or this is uh, an animal is happier when it's in a a beautiful, large, grassy exhibit versus being in a concrete cage. And so I am a big supporter in uh, AZ accredited zoos that is doing research to try to answer some of these Mm. questions. Like, is the cat happier here or there? Or, for instance, Mm. big cats are are often prone to stereotypic behaviors, uh, pacing Mm. back and forth. Mm. A A lot of carnivores are. And so... Ask, asking the question, can we reduce these uh, stereotypical behaviors if we give them a larger exhibit, if we give them a smaller exhibit, if we give them a friend, if we don't give them a friend, if we give them enrichment three times a day? or And so they're doing research to try to back up some of these speculations about, yes, what – it's basically welfare science. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's really just starting to emerge. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're – what the writer is talking about is very valid. And those are questions I wish somebody would hire me to answer because we don't necessarily know what, uh, what might make one cat happier might not. Right. Maybe. uh, So it's, it's hard to make sweeping generalizations of yes, all AZA accredited zoos are perfect and anything who's not accredited is horrible. Um, I don't think we can say that because we don't have the science to back that up. And I think I'm an ad- what I'm an advocate for is we need more of that. We yeah. need to look at really big welfare topics um, as far as the cat, the animals, or let's just say the big cat feeling safe, the big cat, the stress, the cortisol levels, mm-hmm. uh, um, their nutrition, their breeding. Like some of these animals aren't breeding. Why are they not breeding? Does it have to do with nutrition? Does it have to do with stress? Does it have to do all these things are only going to be answered uh, through science and that takes time and money. And there, as your reader pointed out or the writer pointed out, like, we're just wasting time if we're pitting each other against each other. It's not helping the animals by saying mm-hmm. I'm better than her or I'm better than them or we're better than them. I mean, I think there's some things that we can all potentially agree on that probably aren't any good, like cub, like pulling a cub from its mom when it's an hour old or not mm-hmm. even. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and, uh, and that's, or a, a, a tiger living in a six by literally USDA allowed six by six or whatever it is. Like, I think we can all agree that that is Wrong. probably not in the animal's best interest. So yeah. I think it's coming together on some of those terms and realizing the differences we have. Some might be able to be answered by science. Some might not be. Mm-hmm. But the, in general, the welfare of the animal is 
I, I do believe in my heart, and I am sure this writer does to the person who wrote in, uh, that the, the mission of AZA accredited zoos is to bring about good welfare for the animals, and they're always working on on improving on how to do that. However, that doesn't mean that a non-accredited zoo that's doing everything right or most things right mm-hmm. or is trying to do things right has bad intentions. I think they have good intentions as well. Just like I think, I mean, Joe and Carol have good intentions. I think they just got misconstrued along the way, quite obviously. And then there was no checks and balances. There was no board of directors. There's no financial responsibility. So um, there's some big differences too. I think Angie makes a great point as far as behavioral science or Animal welfare science is is a big emerging field. I think Brookfield Zoo is is leading the charge in that. I think they they have a graduate program now that that they're instituting. So do AZ, like Angie Angie admitted it from the very beginning. Does AZA need to do things better or are these accredited institutions? Absolutely, and they are. But to you know back to your those comments, I think what that person is trying to get at is. There are good rescues. I've seen great personal zoos mm-hmm. that label themselves as rescues, beautiful exhibits, animals well taken care of. But like Angie said, where's the checks and balances? Are they breeding? Uh, what are right. they breeding for? You know, are, there are, con- they- are there contingency plans? Things yeah. like that. Like if the owners died. And, I, and here's the deal, too. I mean, if I had it my way, uh, and this is, of course, just my opinion, disclaimer, but I would love all animal, all Wild animals living in the wild. I, I, I don't, if it was a perfect world, I, I don't think we, we could all just go on safari in Africa and see them mm-hmm. at Kruger or go to Yellowstone. And, um, notice that I mentioned national parks because there yep. is really no quote unquote wild very much anymore. And so I, I, unfortunately my, my utopia or that, that's not real. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not in my lifetime, probably ever. So, uh, I do think that zoos, accredited zoos, have a really big part in animal conservation, and that's what I'm about. All right, you guys, thank you. <laughs> talk about this all day. Thank you so much for coming on the show and having this roundtable. I, I just, I love you know your expert opinions on this, and hopefully we'll get people talking. And you know, but I thank you for taking the time to do the research and try to get you know trying to get a good message out there. Yeah, like I said, take that passion that you're having uh, with when you're chit-chatting with friends or maybe even on social media and take that passion and do something with it. Try to educate yourself more, educate people, look at what's happening uh, as far as tigers and other big exotic big cats are concerned in your local area, in your state. Uh, and check out the the Big Cat Safety Act. And, you know, if it is something you think is worth enforcing you better tell your senators because like i said it doesn't seem to have a very big chance of passing and i think it's a start in the right direction my understanding of it and i i feel like we have this certain states aren't going to do anything then then maybe it needs to be done done federally i i don't know um but those are the that's the conversation that needs to be had and uh rather Carol did it or didn't do it, or rather Joe is going to be freed in five years or not and opening up another cub petting thing. Like those are, uh, yeah, you just want to make sure you're using your time constructively. We all have a, 
We all have a little more time on our hands. These I days, know. I so. think they're talking about season two of Tiger King, which if they have the content, they should go for it because it's obviously <laughs> blowing uh, up. Uh, I think and just in my closing, I think the, the biggest thing to remember is tigers in the wild are, are suffering. I mean, there are very few left and there are people out there like Sonarto World Wildlife Foundation that are fighting hard to preserve what's left in the wild. And I think we, we, we can't lose focus of that. It, it's fun to talk about these, you know, the drama, but I really think we need to focus in on, on what's going on in the wild and, and protect all wildlife. And yeah, we, didn't even, like a, yeah. we really didn't even touch on tiger trade and tiger body parts. And mm. I mean, that it's just, it's yeah. uh they need our help and they need education and, uh, and maybe, just maybe, the beautiful, ironic part of this whole Tiger King uh, blowing up on Netflix is that maybe, just maybe, mm-hmm. some tigers will be saved of it in the wild, and that would be awesome. Or, yeah. or some, you know, baby tiger cubs will be saved here in the states that we're maybe gonna be mysteriously go away <laughs> or whatever. That to me would that to me would be make all of the you know the, the series worth it. Yeah, and I'd just say fi- my final thing is never 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 pay to pet a cub ever you just support it you're supporting exploitation and that is not a good place to 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 send your money to help animals and also realize that it's very easy for anybody and everyone to say like oh all the money's going to conservation like look into it where and just like you said earlier Mm -hmm. in the podcast you can make a claim it's going to conservation. Okay, that's great. What organization? What have you done? You know what I mean? Like, look mm-hmm. into it. And it doesn't – Angie, you said this earlier. Just do a quick Google search. If, if, if you see an animal park or a zoo, quick Google search. You can look on TripAdvisor and you'll know pretty pretty, uh, pretty soon if it's a good facility or, um, or one maybe you should avoid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Corbin. So Thanks, good Corbin. to see you. Thank you. So good to see you guys. We'll have Thanks another for having us. Yes. yes. Do you have? Uh, do you have? What series should be we be watching on Netflix now? Oh, so <laughs> my wife's gonna kill me, but she wants because I'm making her wait. But I guess Ozark season three is mm-hmm. out, and I, I guess, guess that's so, yeah. supposed to be really good. I haven't even seen season two. So yeah, I awesome. watched season two. Okay, so plenty of stuff to keep us busy. Yes. Yep. All right. Thank you guys. <laughs> Bye. All right. Thank you.